you can only get there through hard ass work. This is like a world changing thing. This is the separation of money and state. You can't kill this thing. It's fucking amazing. Welcome everyone to episode 56 of the Wake Up Podcast. And on this episode, I have UFC fighter and Bitcoiner and fucking all round legend, Kenny Florian joining me. We are exploring Bitcoin, truth and reality through the lens of physical expression, or you might want to say like physical reality. We talk about life existing somewhere between science and art. We talk about Chaos in Order. We talk about Bruce Lee. We talk about what it means to be a monster, the importance of violence, and the capacity to do violence. And then also the, um, the definition of meek as those who have swords know how to use them but choose to keep them sheathed it's a really important set of um set of principles there which which i guess the best way to exemplify them is you know this this saying which is it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war we talk about uh sacrifice and its relationship to proof of work talk about kenny's early career we talk about how you know reality is getting punched in the face despite your plan Um, we talk about kenny's journey into bitcoin Climbing Mount Stupid um, and, you know, realizing why Bitcoin and not shitcoin. We talk about the remnant. Um, and we talk about also a little bit about the archetype of the 2017-2018 Bitcoiner and, like, why that's such a particular important archetype in the progression and evolution of Bitcoin. So... This, this is a fantastic pod and you, you'll see it's starting to, I'm starting to build a theme here of thinkers that aren't just in Bitcoin, but that come from different professions. And next week I'm going to have Nozomi Hayasi uh, on and she's a liberation psychologist, but I'll leave that to next week, obviously. In the meantime, obviously subscribe, listen, share this around. And by the time this episode is out, the Bitcoin Times edition for is going to be available for download at bitcointimes.news uh, or if you're having trouble finding it, uh, jump on Timeless Bitcoin, uh, one word on Twitter, you'll find it. Get in there. This edition has some fucking fantastic work from Brandon Quidden, from Alan Farrington, from Thomas Strolight, from myself, from Craig Warmke, and from Peter Sinongi. So get in there, enjoy this episode, and I'll see you at episode 57. I've got to get my first bottle called Shitcoin of Tears. <laughs> I'm drinking them as well. Delicious. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, where are we? So episode 56. Um, Kenny, do, do, do you prefer me to call you Kenny or Kenneth? Or you don't give a fuck? Ken- Kenny's great. Kenny's great. Kenny's yeah. great. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Dude, thank you for, um, for jumping on this. Uh, podcast with me i know we were supposed to do it a little while ago and then supposed to do it tomorrow but here we are we've brought the future into the present yeah absolutely man thanks thanks for having me absolutely bro so um look dude let's um let's open this discussion up with um with a quote that you've actually got on your twitter thing which is uh it says somewhere between science and art so i'm curious like what what the genesis of that quote is what, what it means to you um and yeah hit me yeah you know i I think um 
I, I guess that's kind of where the, the truth lies is somewhere between those two things. Those are things mm-hmm. that have always kind of um, that, that I guess that I've always been fascinated with. And, you know, as a martial artist um, for a long period, for the majority of my life, I feel like that has always been um, a balance for me. Um, I think uh, finding what are, you know, the truths, I guess, in, in fighting in martial arts um, and also integrating uh, your art and your interpretation of those things. And um, I, I think that it's very easy to go one way or the other too much to the point of being ineffective. Um, and I guess by that, I mean, sometimes you can get caught into the nitty gritty of thinking that you're looking for certain truths in let's say, uh, the science of, of fighting, for example, and, um, and then being so nitty gritty and so analytical that you get lost into the fact that, um, you know, fighting is very much fluid and there are no rules and it's chaotic and, um, to get caught up and expect certain things and to systematize too much. Um, I think you, you lose, um, a lot of the truths of what fighting is all about and you become ineffective and rigid and you can get lost in that process. I also think that if you're like, well, I'm going to ignore some of those things and I'm just going to, I'm just going to do my art, man. And I'm just going to do whatever. Um, then you also can be rendered ineffective as well. So finding that balance for me has always been um, an interesting thing. And you, you, you can, you can get caught up sometimes going one way or the other and i think that it's it's very applicable to to life and what we're kind of experiencing now in in a lot of ways so yeah dude i I think it's a good way to stay humble and that it's the 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 truth is elusive and and you're kind of always chasing it and and looking for it and questioning and um and being present being alive as much as possible totally dude I i couldn't agree more it reminds me of um a little while ago, I wrote this piece called Bitcoin Chaos and Order. And it was like, a, it was inspired by Jordan Peterson's work. And, and the idea in there is I say that like life actually occurs at the nexus of the two. And sort of, if you look at science and art in many ways that they are like chaos and order, like that they are. And, and, and that's where a lot of things emerge. As, as you were talking, one thing just popped to mind is, um, is, I mean, a lot of Bruce Lee's work. So, you know, as you said there, fighting is fluid right and he was yes. the i guess the poster child of saying do not get stuck within a dogma of a particular fight um or a particular style uh, more so and i know me, me growing up i think you and i probably of similar-ish generation you, you might be i don't know maybe eight or nine years I'm older, older than me, probably but <laughs> yeah most likely yeah. <laughs> um but still like we, we kind of grew up in the generation where, you know, you still had like the, the, the strong male archetypes of like, you know, your Bruce Lee's or your Arnold's or your Van Damme's and all that sort of shit. Yeah. And then that's sort of what I grew up watching and reading and aspiring to be these days. You don't fucking have any of that shit. You know, these days fucking in the comic book, Superman's a faggot now, like, you know, he's kissing. Someone. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So, so just on that note, Bruce Lee, like he was a big inspiration for me. I, I, I used yeah. to devour all of his work. Like what's, um, you know, is, is there something there for you as well? Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, Without Bruce, getting cliche. Cause I know everyone fucking brings yeah, it up. Right. But no, totally. I, you know, I remember 
when my brothers told me I, I was old enough to understand and I, I'd been watching, you know, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee movies for a long time. And my brothers told me like, well, he's dead. You know that? And I was like, what? And, and like, I had no idea, you know, that he had died several wow. years, yeah, okay. you know, before. And I like, I remember just like started, I just started crying. I was like, no, he's not, he's not dead. Um, but uh, yeah, so he had a huge impact and influence in my life. Um, you know, read a lot of his books and, um, you know, used to do a, a lot of his training methods and stuff like that, whether they were effective or not, I don't know. But um, certainly philosophically, he was so far ahead of every yeah. martial artist out there. And, you know, he it was almost like he was speaking a different language when he was talking about martial arts, you know, because mm. um, it, it, you know, m most martial arts, you know, were, were so caught up in dogma and what was traditionally used that um, they couldn't even fathom something outside of their system, which of course is uh, very similar to, to Bitcoin coming in and disrupting everything. And I can also relate to that uh, with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I, I was doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu um, in the early '90s, I guess. Uh, well, mid 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 '90s, um, and back then, you know, I, I even myself, uh, I remember my brother had called me. He's like, "Dude, there's this thing called the UFC. It's crazy. They get all these." martial artists from all over the world and they fight each other to see who the best fighter to fighter is and i was like so who won some like jacked like striker dude just knocking everybody out like well he's like no some like skinny brazilian guy he like grabs them and like takes them down on the ground and like gets them in these holes and i was like i remember being so disappointed i was like no that's that's not the way it goes down like all these action movies that i've seen all yeah, these yeah. Martial art movies that's not what i started to get knocked out. yeah i was like <laughs> And, um, and then, you know, I saw it and I was like, wow, but I wasn't a fan at first. And then I saw it again and it was effective. And then I realized that I'm not, I'm not the biggest guy. Maybe I could do that. And he was just, you know, he was doing something so different than what everyone else was doing. And there was this lack of acceptance by the other martial artists and, and martial arts styles and people wanted to prove them wrong. And they not only did they get proven wrong, but they realized they actually had to join uh, the system and they had to learn from it. They had to integrate it into their fighting skills in order to be effective. And of course, now you look in the mixed martial arts world or, or, or real fighting in general, there is nobody who can fight at a high level without learning uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or, or grappling mm -hmm. skills. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it really turned the martial arts world upside down. And to me, that was so fascinating. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I I see a lot of similarities between that and and Bitcoin and and, and the current system and and how, uh, you know, people don't want to believe what they're seeing and and don't want to accept something that's new. Um, so, Indeed. anyways, it, inter interesting. Yeah, it's it's um it's it's the story of um, I guess it's the, it's a similar story all throughout history, right? It's uh the the first people who you know, perhaps chose to do math, for example, and, you know, they may have been ridiculed or the first like Galileo saying that, wait a minute, the, the earth actually goes around the sun, motherfucker, not the other way around. Yeah, um, right. And, you know, you, you got burnt at the stake initially, but the, 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 this is sort of what I always say to people when they say, oh, you know, what if, what if the government bans Bitcoin? And I just say, look, the government banning Bitcoin is about as effective as the government banning the letter A, you know, or the number six, like, good right. luck right you know it's it's or, or it's about as effective of jumping off a cliff and just pretending that there's no gravity until you fucking hit the bottom and you explode right like it's just 
yeah. it's it's completely moronic. And this is this is the thing about truth, right? Like that there is objective truths. And mm-hmm. as much as you might not like it, <laughs> you know, it reminds me of that um that uh what is it, the Randy Savage meme? It's like you may not like it, but accept it, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, that, like Bitcoin is like energy money, like it's pure money, it's the purest thing that we'll ever have uh with respect to this idea of like this uh metaphysical idea of money and you know scream and shout all you want but fucking gravity is going to exist pal like you know and that that's the thing and it's the same with what you just mentioned about bjj it's like yeah i don't like it you know it's uh someone's grappling but when you're in a fucking headlock and you get choked out i don't care how much you like it right you, you, you it, a- absolutely absolutely and uh, i i think especially something in regards to a choke it's like yeah it doesn't matter how tough you are at that point it's like you stop the blood going to your brain and you go to sleep there, there's no way around it um and i think what's so beautiful about bitcoin is that it is you know that nexus between science and art i mean uh, the fact that it was created and was able to solve so many different things that we've been experiencing, you know, clearly Satoshi was, you know, uh, just next level genius as far as, you know, his knowledge and, you know, uh, you know, writing code and, and um, you know, understanding, you know, philosophy, economics, politics. I mean, it, it's just uh, amazing. And, and the fact that it was able to be done without physical violence, you know, mm-hmm. to to change a system um, or to even begin to do that, uh, you know, it, it, it takes a, a kind of disruption that must be very uh, beautifully subtle. It's almost like, you know, someone who was violently trying to punch you and you're just kind of deftly and Mm. easily avoiding the strikes and understanding that you are unkillable, you know, everything about it is just, it's amazing. And it was really built, I think, you know, in my, um, you know, very basic mind uh, in regards to Bitcoin, it was built with, I think, a a defense first attitude, which I think Mm -hmm. engineers and you know, combat, um, you know, specialists in general, I think should approach it from that aspect. Anyway, it's like, how do I not die first? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do I make Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. unkillable? And then let's, let's get into how I'm going to kind of take care of you. And, you know, with that defense first mind, I find it just so fascinating. I mean, the fact that it's built up to the point now where it can defend itself against a nation, nation state attack is just, unbelievable and and all the other things about it uh, and the layers of it is just mind-boggling the the defense first thing is a, is a very good um like as you were describing that um i was thinking of like you know the the final scene in the matrix when neo is like you know just blocking with one hand and he's like you know? yeah, yeah 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 exactly it's, yeah literally that but the, the the defense first thing is um is really interesting because I, I had one of the things I wanted to talk about here is uh, the th- this idea of like the meek shall inherit the earth and Jordan Peterson's definition of the meek, which is uh, those who have swords and know how to use them, but choose to keep them sheathed. And it's like sort of, it's the idea of being a, I guess, a warrior in a garden instead of a gardener in a fucking war, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think a big part of, and, and yeah, like a, a big part of what's wrong with the world today is that we've been taught that um, that violence and being a warrior um, 
and you know being able to be assertive and aggressive and standing up for yourself is bad it's been vilified it's been framed as a vice and you know a virtue you know virtues have been kind of sorry the things that have been uh uh told to us are virtues are like passivity or um you know com complacence or compliance and all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff so what we've got is a, is a world of you know we don't have fucking uh conscious monsters like people who have the ability to say fucking no um what we've got is a bunch of compliant sheep um who think you know oh violence is bad and you know we're we're basically marching towards like these metaverse fucking gulags with vr headsets on and fucking headphones on with a smile on our face with 35 injections up our ass like it's right. fucking crazy and this is sort of why like i i have a deep respect for physical training whether that is in the form of martial arts or you know whether it's lifting or whether it's gymnastics or whether it's some sort of mastery of the body. I think this modern idea of like trying to separate the body from the mind and from the spirit is fucking complete madness. So anyway, th th there's a couple bits and pieces there. So, you know, let's pick that apart and. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that, um, you know, it's important for people to understand um, suffering <laughs> in a lot of ways, right? I, I think it's important to understand that it takes hard work to achieve something. Um, and those things don't just happen overnight. Um, and, you know, especially in something, you know, like, uh, you know, physical work, whether it's, you know, developing yourself for a sport or a specific aim, um, you realize there's levels to the game. Um, you know, you look around and you see some of your peers or some of the people that are doing it at the highest level and you realize, ah, that's what I need to achieve or that's where I need to go or to understand, like, I want to go past that. Like, you know, screw what Michael Jordan did. I want to do, you know, twice as much as he did or whatever it is. But there, there's, there's levels of understanding and you can only get there through hard ass work. And there's, it, it's, it's. You know, when you go up similar to uh, Bitcoin, right, it's like it's not this straight line to success. It is never this straight line up. It's, you know, more of a roller coaster ride. And I think you look at a lot of the organic life forms, um, you know, it experiences that adversity and it either dies or it gets stronger. And if mm -hmm. you don't know what that means, I think um I think that itself makes you weak. And um, I think that's what, you know, you're cutting alluding kind of alluding to is that, you know, weak people are, are some of the most dangerous people in the world, especially when they have power. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you look over time, you know, like what organization that you can think of that is looking to achieve power that's like, we got you guys, we're going to take care of you that have done it great that have done a great job at that i i can't really think of that ultimately you know humans in general we can easily be corrupted like everyone has that certain number in their head They're like oh well i would never do that you're like well what if i offer you this maybe i'll do that um so you know i i think you need to understand that about human nature and um i think um you know, and in general, go to go back. Sorry uh, about you know doing physical hard work. I think um, it, it's it's humbling, and um, and, and I think it uh, it gets you to realize that that is the process to be successful in all things. It's just 
it's just hard work. Yeah, man. I, I guess that, like I wrote here while you were, while you were speaking, is like sacrifice and its relationship to proof of work, right? Like proof of work fundamentally is the game of sacrificing energy up front for the potential of a reward uh, in pursuit of the um, the strengthening or the validation or the securing of a network. Like right. it's such a it's such a profound embodiment of just this natural principle of sacrifice. And, and you know, and I think f- for me, as I've studied all sorts of different philosophies, like what one person that's obviously rung true for me, and I assume the same for you, but is, you know, is Jordan Peterson's work. And, and it's not that his work is like entirely novel, but he's, uh, he's, I guess his way of articulating and his eloquence in doing so is just, it just rings so true. And for me, that's where I, I've really started to appreciate things like, you know, the lessons that were taught in the Bible, for example, when I was younger, I was, I mean, I grew up super religious. Um, and then I swung the complete fucking opposite way. I was, you know, atheist of the century, fuck everyone kind of thing. Um, yeah. you know, I hated all that sort of stuff. And the older and more mature I've gotten, the more I've started to like appreciate, like, it's, it's funny. I, 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 I came up with a model actually, while I was talking to my girlfriend about this and I said, I, I kind of see religion as three parts. You, you've got the philosophy which is like the core pure essence, for example, and let's just use Christianity as an example. So, so the philosophy mm-hmm. of Christ, pure signal, right? Then you have the, the next layer, which is the religion. And the religion is other people's interpretations of the philosophy. And in some ways that can be good, can be bad, can be whatever, but you know, everyone's allowed to have an interpretation of a particular philosophy and that, that's fine. But then where things really decay and corrupt is the institutionalization of the interpretation of the philosophy. And that is the church, right? Like, or, or the, or the organization right. that, you know, believes it is the only one um, whose, you know, interpretation is right. And our dogma is this and that, whatever the case is. And, and when people sort of point at, you know, Christianity and say, oh, you know, it's a fucking dumb idea. Really what they're talking about is the institutionalization of the religion of the philosophy. And if it's sort of, you can get your way through to the, to the essence um, it's, it's really beautiful. So, don't know why I'm going on that tangent, but I think it was something to do with like this idea of sacrifice. It, it, it yeah. permeates all of existence, right? No question about it. And, and I think that's a, a great point about institutions as well, um, <laughs> is that, you know, getting together and having this certain group of people that have this centralized um, power, I, I think it, it's in and of itself, it's almost it's corrupt. Um, and it, it doesn't make the thing uh, that they're talking about bad, but the institution itself is, is what is kind of um, the virus, if you will. And I, I think it was the same thing, you know, if it, the sovereign individual talks about it, but, you know, when um, you, you go back in time, you know, the church was, were really the holders of power. Um, you know, they were the ones who had all the power. They were the ones who had all the land. They're the ones who had all the gold, all the money, all those things. And, you know, over time, you know, w- whether it's weapons or the printing press or all these things, you know, the, the, the power started dissipating and started to spread out to the people as, as they become more knowledgeable and they started arming themselves and all those things. And, you know, you see a similar, um kind of decoupling now with with the internet and um you know the government and and um i I think it's it's fascinating to be a part of it and i think we're still uh in the earlier stages of it i think bitcoin is kind of that uh next frontier Uh, it really is it really is so 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 to flip this um 
back to sort of your experience as, as a martial artist, can you talk me a little bit through, you know, early career or, or maybe not even early career, but sort of early inspiration, like what, what took you down the path? Because what I'm going to try and do towards the late, latter part of the conversation is try and tie those early principles to your path down, I guess, the Bitcoin rabbit hole. So, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a real, I'm really interested in those like principles because specific archetypes of people get Bitcoin and I find there's a reason why. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I, um, I, I was always fascinated with the martial arts. My, my dad is a physician, but, um, he also did uh, judo, you know, through high school, all the way through college and medical school and um, wanted us all to, to learn how to defend ourselves. I'm, I'm one of six. Um, so I had uh, four brothers, one sister. Uh, so pretty big family. They ended up, you know, my parents are from Peru originally moved to the United States uh, in the late sixties. And um, yeah, so, you know, growing up, loving martial arts movies, doing some martial arts, being involved in a ton of sports. I, I just, uh, I kind of felt a religious connection to martial arts for whatever reason. I felt like um, that was the only thing that was happening in the world when I was practicing martial arts. Um, and I, and I played soccer at, in college and all that stuff. And I loved it, but there was something different about martial arts. And uh, there was this spirituality that really was enticing to me. And I was able to reconnect with martial arts in college and started practicing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I just became obsessed with it. Um, I used to have dreams of fighting and I was incredibly ineffective. I would, I would punch this person, whoever it was that was opposing me and nothing would happen. And I would be so pissed. I'm like, dude, what is going on? And I, I always had this fear of like, what would happen if I got into a real fight? Like, and, and I had been in certain fights and things like that growing up as a kid, you know, in Boston, but it was different, you know, it was not like a real fight. Like it, so I, as I became more obsessed with, with Brazilian jiu-jitsu and uh, with martial arts, I, you know, after I graduated from college, I said, I, I just want to have one mixed martial arts fight. Like what would happen if I got in there with an other trained martial artist who was like training to beat me up? Like what, how would I actually do? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I had won my first fight. I won my second fight. Uh, and I just kept kind of, all right, I just want to do one more. I uh, just one more. And um he ultimately, I, I got into, I was offered a, a spot on the first season of The Ultimate Fighter, uh, where 16 people, 16 crazy dudes lived in a house and, and basically fought to try to <laughs> make it onto the, uh, make it into the UFC. I, I was uh, a lot younger at the time and, and really curious about that process. I was like, let's see what happens. And I really wasn't like trying to be a professional mixed martial arts fighter. I was just like, let, let's see how this goes. Um, I, I really did it to, as a, more of a test to myself, but this was a different level. Like these are dudes who actually wanted to be a professional fighter. But over time, as I was like on this show, I was like, wait a second, I can kind of hang with these guys. Like I, it, and they were like two or three weight classes above my weight. I was the least experienced dude. And somehow I ended up making it to the finals, got my ass kicked horribly in the final, just completely humiliated in the final of the ultimate fighter. And I made it about 
you know, I, I started thinking about like, oh, like this is for a big contract. I can make more money if I do this. I, you know, all my friends and family are watching. Like this is the biggest crowd I've ever fought in front of. I was, I was focused on all these things that really didn't matter. I forgot why I was there. And it was to test myself. It was to test my martial arts skills. And I forgot about that. So I realized I had a lot of maturing to do. Um, and I had a lot of training to do. And I had a lot of hard work to do. Conti you know, I had to continue to develop my mind, especially because I felt that I succumbed to that fear um, at that point. And yeah, it, it became this lifelong process of, of getting better at my craft. And I was lucky enough to um, fight for three world titles in two different weight classes uh, and uh, never, never, never won the world championship in the UFC, never was a, a UFC world champion. But um, I, I, I fought, you know, to, to get there uh, and I was very close, but um, it, and, and I fought in like four different weight classes in the UFC and, and, and loved the challenges of doing that. And um, then that kind of led to other opportunities for commentary and TV work and um, still training martial arts to this day. And um, what I loved about it is that there is no bullshit in, in fighting. Mm. Um, you will, you will find out where your weaknesses are. You will find out certain truths about yourself and you will ask the hard questions. Otherwise um, you will, you will see that um, it either was enough or not. And, um, and, and of course there's a lot of different factors that go into winning and losing, but um, as far as the development of my martial arts skill, there was nothing better than competing and testing yourself against the best fighters in the world. And um, it was, um, it was an amazing process and, and one that I'm, I'm still a part of today. As you were mentioning that last part, it reminds me of the, you know, the quote, it's uh, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Like it's, it's practice over theory, right? Like you get in yes. there, as you said, with someone who wants to kick your fucking ass, and you, you find out whether what you thought was real was actually real or not. Um, and it's, it's, it's similar in business, actually. It's, so I've, I've been an entrepreneur basically all my life since I, um, since I dropped out of university at like 19 or 20 or whatever. And, man, I, I, I think in total, not I think, I know in total that I've fucked up way more times than I actually succeeded. But each time, like, you know, my, my hypothesis, like I would go out with some idea or some thought or something, you know, and think this is a fucking great idea. And the market feedback was, no, you're an idiot. Um, this is a really dumb idea. And then, you know, I spend right. three, four, five years working for nothing um, and start again and rebuild again, et cetera. But it's just th those principles that are there across, you know, fighting across entrepreneurialism, across building wealth, across, you know, relationship, health, like, all of these things, you know, require um, basically getting in touch with reality. And it's just, again, it's so, it sounds like common sense, but it's like when you look around at the world around us, it's like that shit doesn't exist anymore. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to get uh, down on yourself and be like, oh, I suck. I, I, I'm not cut out for this. I'm done. Or, you know, the world is against me or whatever it is where it's like, no, just listen, 
pay attention. What's going on? Okay. Now, how do you adjust? How do you make it better? And, you know, almost like taking yourself out of the picture and just learning from your mistakes. And I think for a lot of people, it's hard for them to do that. I think it's hard for people to, you know, take those knocks and, and not learn from them, but um, I don't know. Totally. Totally. So, so let's, let's now, let's see if we can tie some of this back into Bitcoin. And so, so tell me, tell me about your journey into Bitcoin. Like when, when did you first come across this crazy shit? Like, and, and, you know, what was your path like? So I remember I was in Los Angeles, I was with my buddy and he was telling me about, he's like, Hey, there's this thing called Bitcoin. He's like, dude, you should really get some. It, it just went down to like $75. Like you, you need to, you need to get involved. And I was like, really? I was like, wow. Okay. So like, what is it? And he's explaining it to me. Um, and I was like, okay, huh? Interesting. All right. Yeah. Maybe man. Like it was like one of those things that I like, kind of like, uh-huh. Um, and then I really started thinking about it and, you know, I, I kind of, I like discussing things for a long time and kind of like breaking it down and like getting feedback and then going back to myself and like thinking about it and then doing it again. So uh-huh, it uh-huh. usually takes me a, a little while to jump. Um, and I, I, I was going to do it. And of course I didn't, cause I'm an idiot, but I ended <laughs> up, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't buy into like, I think 2000 end of 2016 or 2017. So it's still obviously a lot, much, yeah, much, yeah. much, much cheaper than it is today. But, um, yeah. And, and I actually, I, I got involved, um, you know, I, I bought mostly Ethereum cause again, mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. I was like, it's cheaper. So I'm just going to get that. Um, and you know, I was lucky enough that I made some money off it. And then once I realized what was going on, I sold everything and put it all into Bitcoin. And basically I've been buying Bitcoin since 2017. So, you know, uh, uh, up until this week, (laughs) so it's like, you know, it's been a wild journey, man. (laughs) So, so, so what was, so I I call, so, so in my early days as well, very similar story. Uh, yeah. The first time I heard about Bitcoin, I think it was Max Kaiser or someone up and jumping up and down on a fucking couch, and I was like, "Yeah, whatever, I'll stick with my gold and silver, right?" <laughs> and um, and then yeah, like idiot. And then you come yeah. back later and you realize that there's something more here. But then you know, I also did my little climbing of Mount Stupid. You know, like I bought a bunch of mm-hmm. Ethereum, bought a bunch of shit coins. I think you, know, you need to. ICS. You need to. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I always say like the question is is like if you if you climb Mount Stupid, the question is not did you do it. It's like how quickly did you come back down, right? Like, right, and right, some right. people spend their entire fucking life up on Mount Stupid and they're, they're, they're too stupid to actually fucking realize and they end up freezing and dying up there. So for you, like, what was, what was the thing that helped you climb back down? It was like, you know, what, what was the thing that dawned on you that, you know, it's Bitcoin, not shitcoin, basically. Do you remember? Well, a, a couple, a couple things. Um, and, and really stupid, simple things that I don't know, in my mind made sense back then. Um, and, um, yeah, the, a couple things, first of all, it was like, I started realizing, well, well, why is Bitcoin valuable? Why is Bitcoin worth more than the other shit coins? Like I started mm-hmm. thinking about that. I'm like, all right, well, there's a reason for it. Um, so that was like, that just a little simple thing where I was like, huh, okay, well, maybe that is the thing. Uh, and then you know, just the, the fact that it was scarce, the fact that it was limited, the fact that um, it was truly decentralized. Uh, those are the things that were most enticing to me that brought me into it. And that I kept kind of, that kept ringing in my head. Um, and, 
you know, since then, so th those are kind of the two main things. And then, you know, since then, it's just been, um, I I've just gone deeper and deeper and deeper how this is like, this is the, the no, this is like a world changing thing. This is mm -hmm. the separation of money and state. We've never, ever had this. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it, it's, it has spread itself out uh, in all parts of how I think it see things, as I'm sure you know. So, yeah, it, it's been it's been wild, man. But you know, it's like it's a credit to people like you and and to the Bitcoin community who are spreading the word about it. It's like we have access to this amazing information, and over the last. You know, I've learned more over the last year and a half than I had in the years that I owned Bitcoin before. So it's uh, it's been amazing. Yeah, to, to that point, actually, so, so I appreciate the the, um, the comment there. But like to, to that point, I think the class of 2017, 2018, like that class of Bitcoiners, to my mind, has been the most um, I guess it's been the rise of Bitcoin philosophy to, in many ways, right? It's like mm -hmm. you've had the, you know, the GGs of the world and, you know, like the, uh, you know, the breed loves and this and that. It's like we kind of all emerged. And, and I was trying to pinpoint a reason. I was, I, was, I was on a Twitter spaces like a couple of weeks ago and I was trying to say, why is it that that kind of happened at that point in time? And, and what I kind of came up with was this idea that Bitcoin was still um, cheap enough to acquire a bit, like to, to become a multi-coiner, maybe even a deca-coiner, right? Um, but expensive enough such that we really had to fucking work to get multiple Bitcoin. Whereas the previous classes, like, you know, the, the class of 2013 or the class of you know, particularly even 2011, a lot of those motherfuckers just got lucky. Literally, like some of those motherfuckers were dumb as dog shit, like Roger Ver, for example, tripped over, fell into, you know, a hundred thousand coins or whatever he's got and can't fucking wipe his ass properly. Like it's just really fucking weird. Or they got their Bitcoin derangement syndrome and wanted to run the show. Like it's just a very interesting archetype. And that's something I just sort of found. It's like our little class of 2017, 2018, not only like are the most rabid, like intolerant, toxic maximalists, right? It's like, fuck you. It's all shit coin other than Bitcoin. But they're also yep. the most philosophical, like the best memes, the best work, the best content and everything has sort of come out of this generation. And I don't think we're going to have that again, honestly. It's, I think well, it, we're really lucky. We're, we were in that happy medium zone. Like I, I think about a couple things, right? It's like, it was not cheap. Like you did, I, we didn't get Bitcoin, uh, like each Bitcoin for cents. You know what I mean? Like there are people yeah. who bought Bitcoin at 25 cents. Like one of my students in LA, uh, when I had my gym over there, he said he was mining Bitcoin and he's like, he's like, I'm an idiot. He's like, I was one of those dudes who was buying pizza with Bitcoin because I didn't know. Like, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you almost don't have an appreciation for it. You know, That's it's like when exactly, you spent yeah. your freaking hard earned money for it, where it was like, this isn't just like an easy purchase where you're like, I don't care. It's just like 10 bucks. Like what? Mm -hmm. it, it, you, you had to invest in it and it wasn't cheap. And so you, you did your due diligence. You did, you wanted to understand totally. it. You followed it. And it was way more of a freaking risk back then than it is now. That's what I tell people all the time. Like, I don't know, man, this seems pretty risky. I was like, no, man, like it was risky several years ago. Like we're past that. Like, yeah, we won. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I think it's what you just said there. It echoes what we we're talking earlier about sacrifice. 
first, right? It's yeah. like you really have to sac- like, I think our generation um, of Bitcoiners, it's funny, I call it our generation, like there's short generations of four year cycles, right? But like we, we, we genuinely like going all in at Bitcoin at a thousand bucks is like, you know, it was, it was a risky fucking thing. Like, I mean, yeah, man. credit to the, yeah, cr- credit to the, I mean, obviously there is exceptions to the norm. So, you know, you have your Pierre Rochards and like, you know, your Michael Goldstein, those motherfuckers went all in at like 200 bucks, but they got it the same way as we got it at 2017. Right. Right. And, right. and power to them. Right. Like that, that's, that shit's fucking incredible, but that's like few and far between. Like most of the people who got into Bitcoin around like 2012, 2013, they became shitcoiners basically. They went and just printed their own thing because they couldn't exert their influence over Bitcoin. Right. And also we experienced those, like, I mean, I experienced it like the heart attack moments where you're like, shit, dude, I just bought the top at 14,000 or at like 8,000 or 7,000. Like you're buying all these tops and you see it go down. You're like, oh my God, is this the end? Is this, is it really over? And then you see it climb back up. And I think seeing that kind of strength, it's almost like Bitcoin is this entity that you kind of like has become this superhero in your mind. You're like, Rocky fucking Balboa. <laughs> yeah, dude. You can't kill this thing. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fucking every time you knock the fuck <laughs> down, you're like, he's up again. Shit. Right, he's up. Um, yeah. Interesting, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> on that note, so then archetypes of people who are like that. So I, I remember you, I think you, um, where I first actually came across you was I think you tweeted one of my, um, one of my things from the Remnant piece. Yes. And I know, yeah. That, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it like so, so many people that that article like rubbed a bunch of people the wrong way which i'm very <laughs> glad that it did and then it obviously resonated with a bunch of other people so um j- just before we actually started this call i'm writing uh, the second piece which is called uh the remnant the parasite and the masses and it's it's more of a it's more of a psychological exploration about the three archetypes because i didn't do that in the last um, one in the last one i talked more about like the remnant and the masses but i right. thought fuck there's actually a third archetype there's this kind of element in the middle which represents like the bureaucrats or the statists you know those kind of people who are like they're either failed remnants or they're jealous members of the masses right it's like one of the two and their their goal is to kind of leech from the producers the prime movers and to weaponize the lemmings and the sheeple against the the you know the remnant or the the prime movers and they just sort of like extract value from the system and I guess they're the ones who are obviously most threatened by Bitcoin because the the archetype of the remnant is going to be the one that not only sets the standard, but benefits the most from something like Bitcoin because Bitcoin fundamentally adopts, uh, sorry, rewards merit. Like it is a fucking brutal, hardcore, real meritocracy. It's getting in the fucking ring and getting punched in the face. If you've got a, you know, the wrong opinion, the masses are going to benefit because it's like, you know, puts everyone on a level playing field, you know, and for them, like, whatever like that like i kind of said in the article they'll be happy whether they're walking into fucking gulags or if they're working on a bitcoin standard they don't know the difference um but the parasites they can't fucking feed you know on on the remnant on a bitcoin standard and and for them it's fucking scary as hell like their source of nutrition is about to be fucking chopped off and they're freaking the fuck out like you know (laughs) that tweet i made the other day where all their faces are melting right like they're all fucking you know, they're scared and, and I love it, but talk to me about maybe 
that idea of the remnant and why that resonated with you uh, in particular? Um, I, I, uh, I think about how most people can't be right about a certain thing. Like, I think like if you're doing what other, like the majority of people aren't at a certain stage, like you're probably doing it right to a certain extent. Like, I don't know. Like I, I look at, I've, I've been able to identify some things. I, I don't know if I have many talents, but one of the talents I think I may have is just identifying some of the things that are different from what other people are doing and being like, I don't think people realize how cool that is or like mm -hmm. how special that is and how powerful that is. And being a part of that movement, I think is super special for me, but um, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think most people, you know, also just get caught in their, and their modes of thinking and cannot break out of it. I, I that is something that has always been so, fascinating for me. And I always try to be aware of it myself um, and like, and question myself and ask myself like, all right, what is this? What is going on? Is this the right thing? Blah, blah, blah. And I think you have to constantly go through that process. Um, but yeah, so I think there's that like people stick to the known. We are creatures of habit and we don't mm -hmm. like change. Um, and I also think that, um, you know, we've been caught up in that thing. It doesn't matter what you know, it's who you know. And, mm -hmm. you know, that little exclusive group of people um, don't want to give up that power and don't want to give up that information. And it's always been an information game. Everything is an information game. It's like, who has the information? How do you get it? And I feel like Bitcoiners are so far ahead of the game. And um, as far as, you know, the, the kind of work that they've done and, and what we've learned from Satoshi and, um, you know, the Bitcoin network and what it's doing and what it can do. And um, I feel like, you know, when, when you see that kind of truth and you see what has been done and see how it's exploited, I don't understand how you, how Bitcoin doesn't have the brightest of futures. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if I'm answering your question. Sorry, I'm no, a bit no. all over the place, but no, no, no. Um, we yeah. are, we are. So, 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 so that kind of leads me into what I wanted. One of the things I wanted to ask you is like, there seems to be this, um, this movement towards Bitcoin or I, I don't, I don't know if this is an accurate observation or not, but sports people like, you know, like yourself and, you know, obviously Russell Okung and then there's, you know, Tom Brady, there's that. Um, I mean, I, I'm not super big into sports these days, but there was this other guy like Aaron, whatever from the NFL who gave away a million bucks worth of Bitcoin recently. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, um, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's like, there seems to be this sort of movement, towards Bitcoin. And, and what, what I, what I have noticed is that sports people in particular, like the more elite sports people, right. They're, they're sort of migrating or talking about Bitcoin in a particular way. Um, and I, I don't see the same with, with shit coins. So, so I wonder if there's some sort of, do you think there's a sort of a thread there where people are viscerally getting it kind of like you have like, and, and that the, the grounding in sports or the grounding in, you know, athletics is, is, is a part of that. I get, I, I guess, you know, and, and I certainly feel like I have way more to learn about Bitcoin, but um, I, I do feel that 
and and I'm not trying to do this to, to pat myself on the back or whatever, but like athletics in general to reach a high level in athletics, you know, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of suffering. It takes a lot of training when nobody is looking and no one is appreciating mm, anything. Mm, and like mm. one day you kind of like, you have your special performance and it clicks and everyone's like, oh, I want to pay that dude a lot of money to do what he does. And everyone's like, he became an overnight success. You're like, yeah, motherfucker, yeah, I've been doing this since I was two years old, you know, or I've been doing this yeah. since I was four or six. Like I was shit for like eight years and now, you know, so it, it, it's um, that uh, empowerment. It's that empowerment that you get through athletics or through physical work. And I think that you realize like, well, wow, like, I, I need to start believing in myself a little bit more and, and like have confidence and, and invest in myself and, and, and bet on the things that I think is, is worth my time. And I, I think that similar to that, you know, getting into it back in 2017 and I'm, you know, obviously a, a bunch of people got in before me or whatever, but like, I, I've seen how it, how it's grown and um, having seen that kind of growth and having that faith in that, like, you know, more and more and more, I, I think that, um, I don't know, it, it, it just strengthens, you know, your, your aims and, and, and your focus and, and all of that. And it just, it's very similar to, I think my approach anyway, to, to how I, I took on with, with martial arts and I don't know. If, yeah. You do, know. You, do, do you, um, in the, in the sort of in the martial arts space or particularly in the in the ufc segment of the martial arts space have you because you're in it have you seen like a bit of a a movement towards bitcoin or do you think it's still kind of nascent like it's not there i i think i think so i, I definitely think so and, and and also to kind of go back to what you were talking about because i was all over the place again i i think that you know there is that um, I, I think for most martial artists, for most people that are involved in, in combat to a certain extent, I think they realize the value of freedom. They realize the value mm -hmm. of um, being able to defend yourself or fend for yourself or do things for yourself. Um, and I, I think ultimately Bitcoin is about freedom. And, and I think that's what makes it, um, again, so damn powerful. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, I do see it. I, I think that more and more people are realizing that shit, like I'm busting my ass. You know, I could get injured tomorrow and never compete in my sport mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. How do I get the most for my time? How do I make the most amount of money right now? How do I invest in my future? You're not, you're not getting that in a savings account anymore. That is not possible. You know, and, and for a lot of people, like you live up to your means. So people are like, Oh, you know, like, well, that dude's made millions of dollars. It's like, yeah, so did fucking MC Hammer and Mike Tyson. And they lost it all because they're oh, like spending yeah, yeah. on ridiculous shit. So it's like living up to that level and not being smart about your money or not understanding the value of that. Um, it can go away tomorrow. You can be, you know, uh, drinking the wine today and squeezing the grapes tomorrow. And I feel like Bitcoin allows um, for more freedom uh, uh, on a time level as well. You know, I have a family now, you know, I have all these things that I, I want to do. And a lot of it includes spending time with the people that I love and doing the things that I love. Um, mm -hmm. Thankfully, some of those things involve me making money. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, you know, but, um, you know, for, for a lot of people that that's not the case. So it's like, 
you know, people are, people are funny, like on Bitcoin, you know, like people who hit me up about it, you know, fighters who ask me about it, like, well, what is this thing? What is this, you know, why is it important or why should I have some, or I bought a little, what do you think about it? And, you know, I, I tell them it's like the most important thing they could do for themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I truly believe that like, People think that like someone putting a hundred thousand or ten million dollars into Bitcoin like affects my price. Like I don't give a shit. That's not gonna affect the price. Like I don't care about that. I truly don't. Like I know I know where it's headed. I know it's going to go up. Um, but like you know, it, it comes down to people um, really thinking about their future and and thinking about the time that they put into things and, and maximizing that. That like that's what we're here for. We could die tomorrow. We could you know our careers could end tomorrow. We could be paralyzed. Like there's so much shit that can happen. How do you you know uh, give yourself the the best future? And that's just what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, about, it's like I guess. It, it it creates certainty um, in a, for for an uncertain future because fundamentally the future is uncertain. So so how do you find a way to to create some sort of certainty long term and, and i think that's actually one of the the real cancers of the fiat system is that it makes the future so uncertain and when the future is i mean the future is naturally uncertain but when you create a bunch more uncertainty in it you then can't make decisions long term and when you can't make decisions long term then you're forced to only make short-term decisions and when you make short-term decisions all the time you sacrifice the long term and you fuck it up. And that's what we're in this like real downward spiral in the world of like everything is fucking short term. We make shit just to waste it. Right. Fucking like yesterday, I, I lost my mind yesterday. I've never been in America during Black Friday sales. I just <laughs> oh, literally wanted to go to the, bro, I just wanted to go to the shops to buy a fucking cap. Like I forgot my cap at the airport and like I, I rocked up and like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? There's a fucking a lineup of parking to get in first that was a fucking nightmare but then when i got out like every i was like what the fuck is wrong with these people and like yeah. dude it's wild and but that that's just an example of like rampant like short-term consumerist thinking it's like the, the whole fucking the, the time preference of all of society has been so distorted that we've basically got fucking lemmings on one side just running around trying to save five bucks on a shirt they can't even fucking fit into because they're too fat this year because they just ate more chocolate cake and then you know on the other side you got fucking parasites just squeezing those of us that are productive for everything that we're worth by you know inflating the money taxing us stupid fucking mandates borrowing from a future indefinitely that they'll never fucking pay like it's just it's just insane bro well, well, I, I think, you know, a lot of this is, is just, um, it, it's really backed by fear. Like the, there's so much damn fear in the world. And I, I again, I, I think a lot of that has to do with people don't know who they are. People don't know what they're capable or of, or, you know, there's just a lot of people that are, um, you know, uh, uh, afraid in general, you know, based on their environment or how they grew up and they've never looked into that and, and tried to face that head on. And I, I think that is kind of what's going on. That's why people are freaking out. And they're just like, have someone else handle it. Let, let the government, the government will take care of it, or this group will take care of it. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to deal with it. It's like, no, dude, if you look at history and how that has gone down, it never goes down well. And, and, mm -hmm. and they're telling mm -hmm. you things that are, are just not true um and it's um it, it's it's been a fascinating process and um 
yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see how it all goes down, man. But I, 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 it's a much it's a much better world with Bitcoin in it. And I think it, it, it offers up hope and it offer, offers up way more optimism overall for me anyway. Well, the, the way I kind of find peace is that um, if this is the price we need to pay to transition onto a Bitcoin standard, I'm willing to pay the price of, you know, being an observer of the fucking clown world sim simulation basically because that that's what we like it's like so, so if someone came to us and said you know 30 40 years ago and said look in order to move onto a bitcoin standard such that the world the, the 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 collective human action of all individuals on the planet is rooted in the second law of thermodynamics such that you know we can truly progress and compound and live in a meritocracy you're going to have to live through two decades of the clown world simulation where up is down, fucking left is right, where a man is a woman and a fucking woman is a man and God knows what other stupidity you got to put through. It's like, would you do it? As painful as it is, I think this is probably our generation sacrifice. Like when I think long-term about like, the, not, not just the classes of Bitcoin, but kind of the generations that'll have Bitcoin, I view us as basically the founding fathers, like the, the next 10 years of Bitcoin is going to be the transition phase. And the transition phase is going to be the clown world of clown world of clown world fucking simulations where the dumbest possible shit you can imagine is going to happen. Um, but on the other side of that, you know, we'll have like light at the end of the tunnel and we'll, our, our children are going to get an opportunity to build the foundation and they're going to have to build from the fucking rubble. Like we, we've got to try and keep as much of the shit together as possible. Um, you know, we've yeah. got to build the Noah's Ark and then our children are going to get to kind of land the Noah's Ark on a new piece of land and they're going to build the sort of foundation. And then their children are actually going to fucking go to the moon, basically. Like that's, that's the, that's the right. progression. So in many ways, like we, we drew the short straw. We're going to have to deal with all the fuckwits, but we're also... I guess, lucky enough to be the most, um, the biggest wealth transition, the biggest like monumental historical transition in the way human beings operate is like, is now. And, and for me, that is like, I'm, I'm willing to pay the fucking price for that shit. It, absolutely. And, and I think um, anything great uh, is going to take that sacrifice is going to take a certain amount of suffering. And, you know, it, it's, it, that's, I think, what makes it so much more different than, you know, investing in a stock to, like, make money yeah. or whatever. It's like, you know, like, no, no, this is, like, uh, a, a world-changing thing in general. And I think, um, I, I truly believe it. it's going to be one of those things that makes the world a better place. Do I think it, there's going to be no disruptions up to that point? No, I'm expecting this. And uh, we, we're already seeing it. We have seen it. Um, but I, I think at this point, it's too big to fail. And, um, you know, game theory is is uh, indicating that more and more people are going to be forced to be a part of it. And, um, it, it's amazing to witness. Yeah, man, the, the risk has changed. I, I, I actually, funny enough, speaking of sports people, there's an AFL guy who, um, who's been in Bitcoin for a little while in, in Australia. And we had a podcast oh, nice. back in November last year. And it was just, he was asking me, it was like, oh, you know, do, do you think this is going to happen? I was like, man, we are on the fucking cusp of another bull run. And he's like, how can you be so sure? I was like, just watch. And, um, <laughs> and one of the things we mentioned was exactly what you just said there, that the game theory shift is like, we are, we're transitioning from 
it's risky to be in Bitcoin to it's risky to not be in Bitcoin. And not be in. It's like, and that, and, and that shift fucking changes everything. Holy shit. Like, and, and, and I think we're just kind of, we're on the cusp of that right now. Like in the next man could be six months, could be 12 months, whatever. But as that thing shifts, people need to have their fucking brown pants on. I don't think anyone's actually seen what a Bitcoin bull run is going to be. Like when we've got $100,000 green dildo candles in a day, like people will freak the fuck out. I'm serious. <laughs> I love it. And I believe you. I I, I couldn't agree more, dude. I, I think this is still the beginning. Like, you know, obviously, you know, the first big, you know, moment i think like 100 billion was like a big step you know 500 billion was like that's pretty big a trillion obviously real big but still we're, we're in the early stages steps, like this yeah, is just yeah. the beginning man like we're not even you know what we, we need to eat gold like once we're at that kind of level of like the value of gold which is whatever like you know seven to ten seven to nine trillion or something like that which is like inevitable in my mind um you know it's just you know you get a fraction of what's in bonds right now I, it, there's there's so much so much room to grow and i think let me yeah man let I, me blow your mind agree. let yeah. let me blow your mind with one heuristic which you're gonna fucking mm. love okay is the real bull market doesn't start until we reach cent to sat parity right because this is what will happen when we stop measuring the Bitcoin chart, like when we're measuring sats and we look at it and it's like, okay, Bitcoin's at once, once, uh, sorry, one sat is worth one cent. Right. And when that one sat moves from one cent to two cents, I guarantee you sometime this decade, that's going to happen. It'll move from one cent to two cents. Think about what happened oh right. on the back Holy end. Shit. How big is that candle? That's insane. That's a yeah. million dollar candle. That's a million dollar right. candle in one fucking day. That's when we see a bull run. I guarantee fucking to you is not, not wow. when Bitcoin moves, you know, 50 grand, hundred grand or whatever. It's when one sat moves from one cent to two cents. That's the bull run. That's, that's the, that's the part of the S curve. Cause at the moment we're still at the very fucking bottom of the shit. When the, when that S curve really moves is, you know, Bitcoin will go from a million to 2 million, five, 10, 15, 20 million inside maybe, a month or two like that's how fucking big it'll be so anyway that's awesome that's, i love it that's the bull rush shit. so okay we gotta wrap this shit up so so two final questions one what's your elevator pitch to uh an athlete or someone from um from the ufc or something like that about bitcoin do you have one or do you not even bother anymore like um uh, what do, what's the elevator pitch jeez uh, I, I guess i just say um it, I, i've just been kind of saying the world gets cheaper in Bitcoin. It's that simple that, nice. um, you know, uh, what are you doing right now? You know, you look at the inflation rate and what's going on and the fact that, you know, you don't really own anything. You don't really own the money that you have. Um, I, I think that's the most important thing is that like Bitcoin's probably the only truth and the only thing that you truly own. That okay. can't be fucked nice. with, nice. you know, I okay. guess. I know. Um, okay. So then as an extension to that, um, have you used that on Joe Rogan yet or not? I haven't, I haven't, I have, I haven't, I haven't, I know, I know. I haven't, uh, I haven't spoken to Joe in a little while. So I think that's, uh, we, we, we got to get some Bitcoiner on, uh, on Rogan, um, at some point. Like, we, we gotta least, like I know, round, I know we gotta do a round table. Antonopoulos has been on there, but that was like a long time ago. We need, yeah. A round table would be awesome. We just surround Joe. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Don't let it fucking go until 
just fucking put him in a fucking headlock. Exactly. Because he's everything he talks about, it's like it's there, uh, you know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Line it up. That's that, yeah. that's uh, your mission if you choose to accept it. <laughs> Got it. All right, brother. Look, thank you so much for taking the time out for this, man. Really appreciate it. It was um, it was a really good chat. I think I think people are gonna get a lot from, particularly the idea of like, the the physical nature of fighting and you know being a monster and like what that means in relationship to Bitcoin. Because, fuck, man, we, we we need more men in the world, and we need like we need more fucking strength and aggression. We need more of the capacity <laughs> to like, honestly, to to fucking fight because yeah. we're surrounded now by more pussies, than ever. Man. Yeah, now more totally. than ever. I, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Where where can people find you before we before we kill this one? So that way, yeah, man. Um, at, at, at Kenny Florian on Twitter. Uh, I am uh, for those that are, are are inclined to learn about martial arts. I'm, I'm coming out with a, a martial arts course uh, soon at Kenny Florian uh, Martial Arts dot com and, and Kenny Florian dot com and. Um, that's pretty much it. I'll, I'll be doing commentary for the PFL on ESPN next year and on BattleBots on Discovery Channel um, coming up, I think, next year as well, early next year. But anyways, that, that's it. Thank you. Legend. <laughs> Appreciate Bye, it. Brother. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. All right. Good shit.